welcome back to What the HR Podcast. I'm Jesse Novi, an HR business partner with CH Robinson. And I'm Mike Tool, HR technology consultant with SAP SuccessFactors. All right, welcome back to another episode of What the HR. Uh, we're joined today by Jeremy Ames and Shannon Click, and they'll introduce themselves in a second. But today's episode is all about the HR technology conference that just wrapped up in Vegas. We want to give everybody kind of a, a look into that conference, talk about some of the vendors that were there, some of the trends that are going on in HR technology, and just get some insight from people that uh, kind of live and breathe technology every day. So, uh, Jeremy, do you want to introduce yourself first? Sure. Thanks, Mike. So, uh, Jeremy Ames, I am a senior manager at Accenture working in the human capital management practice. I've uh, been a longtime participant in this HR tech industry, having uh, sat on the sat on the uh, tech, technology expertise panel of SHRM, uh, boards of IRAM, an old uh, association, and uh, also I'm a part of the advisor collective with Shannon. So try to be, remain very active in the industry uh, and, you know, and then execute on our projects with our clients for implementing, enhancing their HR systems. Thanks for joining us, Jeremy. Shannon, how about you? Sure. Thanks, Mike. Um, so I'm an HR technology consultant at Marsh McLennan Agency. So I've been in the insurance broker industry for over 20 years, um, started in the service side of things, and then kind of moved into a technology role. So I've been doing this for a little over 10 years. I am also, as Jeremy mentioned, a member of the Advisor Collective. So that's a group of technology consultants across the industry um, and just do my best to keep up in this market and figure out what's going on with these vendors. Mm -hmm. Can you guys talk a little bit about the Advisor Collective? Just kind of maybe give a brief overview for anybody listening that would be, you know, we've heard it twice now and curious what it is. So, yeah, I'll I'll give that a shot, Shannon. So we are a a collection of, I mean, advisory firms is the word. Really, it's just anybody working in the HR technology space, um, which uh, also is not necessarily a software provider and not necessarily a practitioner. So anybody who's working to either advise clients on purchasing software, uh, you can work in implementations. Uh, and it's it's like kind of a split between the HR, the core space, so HR and payroll and some of the ancillary modules, as well as like benefits has a large representation on our collective. Uh, and we, we basically are in a networking group. We get together, we talk about trends in the industry, observations about the different software providers. We get the software providers to come and speak to us. Uh, and then we also produce some content to kind of drive forward, you know, where the industry is heading. So, all right. So going into the conference, uh, I, like I said, I, I want to give kind of a perspective from your side of things, how the conference went, um, even such things as kind of the layout, where was it at, things of that nature. I was fortunate, Jeremy, you and I walked around one of the days. Um, so I have some perspective as well, but I wasn't there, you know, as, as many days as the both of you. So um, let's start with you know, kind of the overview of the conference, talk about maybe, you know, where it was and just the general feel of it and the, maybe some of the breakout sessions. Sure. I can, um, Jeremy, you can jump in as we go. I think officially it starts Tuesday afternoon and goes through Friday morning. Um, but there's often events that start on Monday, like the Advisor Collective um, met on Monday and then again on Tuesday early in the day. And then it was hosted this year in Mandalay Bay. So most of the events, most of the meals and things like that were all done in the uh, Mandalay Bay 
restaurants and then in their convention area. So most of that was all happening kind of in the same place. So we could all stay pretty close to the action. I've never been there. This is the first year I'd been there. Shannon, is it always at Mandalay Bay or is it always in Vegas or does it move around? I didn't go last year, but um, when I went the two years prior, it was at the Venetian okay. and the Palazzo. So I think it does move around a little. Jeremy probably knows better than I do there. Yeah, it's, it's obviously consistently in Vegas, uh, although back in the day, um, you know, it was in Chicago. It's It's been at, at different places as well, but it's kind of settled in Vegas. And Mandalay has become a theme, but it does move around a little bit between venues. So. Mm-hmm. So as consultants in the HR tech space, can you guys tell our listeners a little bit about why maybe it's important that you attend, maybe some personal reasons why you were there, and then uh, we can talk a little bit about trying to get the most value out of it. Yeah, for me, it's about three main things. I go there to connect and to learn and to be inspired. So the connection part is really big. Um, You know, we're going there with our own teams. We're meeting with other consultants. We're meeting with vendors and just really trying to learn from each other, share information and collaborate. For me, the, the keynotes are always a big part and looking to be inspired, right? So mm-hmm. we take a lot away from that as well. And then, you know, just being there with a group of like-minded people that are all in this same space. And we, you know, whether you help clients with 50 employees or 50,000, we can all learn from each other. So that's always a big thing for me. Jeremy, would you similar for you as well? Yeah, pretty similar. I mean, I've been going to it for, I did the count. This was my 10th HR tech and the only two I have not been to since kind of entering this industry of uh, full bore was uh, 2020 and 2021. So mm-hmm. couldn't make it to either of those. So it was really cool to be back in, in the conference. I go for the networking. I go to find out kind of what's latest and greatest. I've also uh, sponsored. I've had booths. You know, So it's kind of everyone's going for different reasons as, as a consultant. You're there to meet all the constituents. You're there to meet the the practitioners. Find out what's you know what's really top of mind for them. You're 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 there to listen to the industry experts who tend to speak. You're there to find new sessions that maybe uh, you know enlighten you, you to something you didn't know about. It's uh, and the networking, which includes like the happy hours. I know that's that's a big the night the nighttime activities are actually a big part of the event as well. So. Yep. It was it was a it was a good iteration of it, uh, and it was nice to be back after a couple of years not going. Yeah, and I, so I'm coming up on ten years in the HR tech space, and it's amazing how much it's evolved, even in you know in that amount of time. Every year it seems like there's new tech out there, and I'd I'd love some feedback from the both of you in terms of maybe what you saw out. Uh, maybe with some of the vendors, but then in general, some of the key trends that you're seeing. Some, some of the gaps in the market that technology is trying to fill right now? It's a crazy time in the HR tech space. I mean, uh, there's so much going on. It's it's the return to normal, which has already passed us. But, you know, things like employee experience are still huge. Uh, I know, like, even like, you know, they have this pitch fest and the the winner of the pitch fest was actually somebody who highlighted their, their employee experience platforms, which is Spotlight. So, uh, you know, there's that's kind of an indication of what was top of mind uh, and like employee wellness plays into that, uh, especially, you know, a huge theme of the conference was trying to get away from the the term, the great resignation and on to like, there's really no term right now that anybody in HR can settle on that doesn't bother somebody. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is that it's, 
it's uh, created a huge challenge and opportunity in the HR space. And so the, the technology is like all kind of, not all, but a lot of it is targeted at trying to solve that challenge, you know? So, so that was what I, a lot of what I saw, a lot of like, you know, AI platforms that are meant to address that, um, you know? And so that was a lot of my observation. Who did you say won the, the pitch off? It's called Spotlife. Spotlife. Uh, L-Y-F-E, yeah. L-Y, okay, awesome. Total Life Awareness Platform. I mean, just having a platform called Total Life Awareness tells you that that's like, you know, it's it's we're trying to merge uh, work and and your outside of work life into kind of one and or at least to address that challenge. Yeah, and the second place was the translator, DE&I analytics solution provider. So there was definitely a lot of talent intelligence, a lot of DE&I, a lot of um, just analytics in general, um, a lot of that happening in the industry. It'll be interesting to see where that goes mm-hmm. because I think the keynotes focused on it, our clients focus on it, where we need to meet employees where they are. You know, we need to be able to understand what they're good at and then give them a path for growth. We need to be inclusive. And to be honest, the core solution providers don't always meet that need. So these new vendors are really a great ad. It'll be fun to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you so, can. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mike. I was going to mention that employee experience. I mean, we've been talking about it now for probably, I don't know, four, four years. I feel like it's been a big topic and I didn't mean to cut you off, Jeremy. So if you want to finish on that thought for sure, do so. But after that, maybe some of the other areas that you saw prevalent out there, whether that's, I see recruiting solutions have been out, right? They change every day. They're everywhere. But sure. and and maybe that's a big topic. But whether it's you know in the performance world or internal mobility, we've talked a lot about lately. Um, some of the other maybe kind of edge platforms that you guys saw out there. Yeah, there was a lot of internal collaboration. To, you know, talent intelligence was big. So I said that earlier, but really trying to get at where your talent is, what they're good at, and mm-hmm. how to elevate them, or even as an organization, figure out where to move them. You know, if you have a spot and you need somebody to fill it, even knowing who that is internally is important. Mm -hmm. There was some of that. Some of that was, you know, I stopped at a booth where that's all it was, was either the employee or someone else could say, this person is good at this. And then you could see a big grid where everybody is. You could look up specific skills and that being able to tell who's got what skill there was a lot of that happening too. And, you know, it's just from a consulting perspective, I don't always have a client that's looking for just that one piece. They want the full spectrum of HR. So, you know, pulling all that together will be interesting because it's, it's, there was a lot of new vendors that were doing just, you know, a piece of it. So for me, I'm interested to see how that'll develop. I thought that Josh Burson really captured it well in his talk. There was one line that he used, which was that HR tech is not just for HR, but for employees. And, and you know, we've been kind of feeling that for, for at least five years, but it felt this year that like the vendors had finally taken that line to heart mm-hmm. and stopped making these transactional systems. You know, there's still got to be the transactional systems, you know, the, the large HCM vendors, you know, like, like SAP, your company, the the UKGs, the workdays, like they're still going to have to perform that core, those core functions. 
but whether it's them layering on this employee experience aspect or those, you know, add-on vendors like Eightfold AI was like, they had huge booths there. Yep. Um, you know, there's, there's those, you've got like, you're layering on virtual reality uh, through companies like Immerse. Like there's, there's just this new kind of like recognition that it's not just about paying people. It's not just about making sure they have benefits, but it's also shepherding them through the whole process and trying to make it engaging. Is that a little bit of a mindset change too? We, 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 there's always kind of peaks and valleys of how people evaluate HR systems. And it goes from, we want, you know, everything all in one. There was a period of kind of best of breed. And it seems like, and we were just talking about this earlier today on a different call, or I was, that the large software vendors, like you mentioned, you know, success factors, UKG, Workday, Oracle, et cetera. They're just never going to be able to create some of these gap products um, very quickly, like some of these other smaller, nimble companies can. So, have you seen through consulting with customers, or have you advised them to expand a little bit or open their mind to this idea that, hey, you can have kind of a core system, but it's okay to start plugging some of these things in? And that makes a big difference. Yeah, the, the key to that, and sorry, Shannon, I'd love to hear your okay. perspective on this too, but um, the key to that whole question is integration. So, you know, we've talked about it for a long period of time. It was always the debate about having a, a full suite versus a tech stack approach. You know, I sit on a, an advisory board for HR.com and we talk specifically about that question and what has enabled this move to having these kind of point solutions that People feel, people feel comfortable, like actual CHROs feel comfortable about going that direction. It's because there are tighter integrations, uh, you know, APIs have, have allowed and pre, pre, pre-built APIs as well as companies that are out there that actually facilitate that whole, that whole area. I know uh, Joined was an example of one that had a booth that, you know, that's basically their, their world. And so if, if customers start having a comfort level, then, you know, for example, your, uh, your database or what do you call it, your partner network of people providing solutions or whether it's UKG's network or any of these like partner networks that have products that surround the core product, it just feels more comfortable. It feels right. more attainable and you can have that, you know, best, best options where people pick and choose what they want instead of being afraid of what might happen if you'd go that route. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the best in class versus the core HR is this ongoing debate. And a lot of times it's different by client and their level of ability to manage a bunch of integrated partners. So I've definitely, I'm a little bit more down market than Jeremy is. So the smaller clients I work with a lot are looking for a core provider. Mm -hmm. They might have, you know, a standalone benefit solution or standalone recruiting but you know, adding you know five different vendors to their core that may be a little bit out of their realm. So I would say you know having the right people on your team or having the right technology consulting partner to help you with that is really key. Yeah. Well, I know we took a little bit of a left turn, which isn't unusual for me to do. But kind of moving back to the conference, what I noticed when I first walked in is there was vendors everywhere. But your eyesight, your eyeline was dominated by the big ones, right? They all had these huge booths. You could see it from anywhere. But um, I'm curious your advice on somebody who's attending, who's really trying to get the most and I guess the most out of it and really understand what's out there. 
your experience from stopping by all of the smaller ones as well, you know, how important is that? And also is if I'm there to evaluate solutions, is there a way that I should navigate this conference to get the most out of it? Yeah, it's easy to get wild by the big booths. I know uh, Vizier was an example of one where I walked in and they were just huge and they had this like, you know, flashy uh, digital uh, booth as well. So, you know, those are those are uh, vendors worth stopping by because, you know, there's a reason they got to that point. The, the, yeah. the uh, people find value in what they're providing. But you're right, like stopping by smaller booths, uh, not just to get the swag and not just to have good conversation, but finding out, you know, what they've got going on. I know you and I stopped by that joyous vendor who does like, you know, feedback surveys and, and that's still a, a very valuable space. Yep. Talk to somebody at Atlas who, you know, this employer of record concept is huge right now in terms of, um, you know, having, having a company kind of both for creating that talent, that suite of talent, like uh, a talent community almost whilst, while also managing a lot of the employees, um, you know, operational side of the employee. So uh, there's, there's vendors like that, you know, so you, you shouldn't just stick to the big ones and you should look around for what, what else is out there. I mean, to be, to be fair, we did stop by joyous to get socks the sweat. and stickers, <laughs> but then we learned that was about a very cute booth for sure. Yeah. I would just say some of the vendors I noticed, so B-Swift was one, I was trying to connect with them. I was walking around looking for their booth and they didn't have one because they were just looking to connect with people directly. So there's definitely a couple of vendors that were just there um, and available to chat with, but didn't have a big booth. I I did appreciate some of the uh, smaller vendors, you know, like a background check partner or something that had like a, it's a UKG partner, you know, where it was easier to put that together that, oh, yeah. when I work with UKG, I know this vendor works with them a lot. So one thing I have to give a shout out to Hi Bob, because I think they probably did the best at marketing. They did the uh, headshots and, um, at, you know, there was long lines of that every day. And then I was visiting a friend at WorkVivo and across was Hi Bob, and they were doing a raffle. And they said, "Here's a raffle ticket. You just have to put on our shirt for a picture." So, huh. at one point, they had you know 40 people around with their shirts on, you know, standing there. They got a lot of pictures out of it. So, I thought that was really smart. That is really smart. And I think uh, I got a T-shirt made from. I think was it Eightfold that was making. Mm-hmm. The, the ones with the yeah, the one that had the, the top, um, the top, top gun. Team, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's a good segue. Who do you think had the best swag? You just kind of primed it. I mean, <laughs> I so the softness of t-shirts is really uh, is important, and and the logos. But um, no, I did also like I I got my LinkedIn. That's not really swag, but I also got my current LinkedIn profile pic was from Hi Bob as well. Mm. Uh, that works that. too. That that counts, right? I guess. And maybe the best marketing gimmick, Shannon, you alluded to Hi Bob. and Yeah, I feel like they just, so uh, I said Work Vivo too, they gave me a bag of coffee. So I'm always in for the coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the usefulness of a new profile photo won the day for sure. Because yeah. everyone was like, oh gosh, I've been meaning to do that. And it was just an easy way to get it done. So mm-hmm. that was good. Yeah, usually something that's fun, but also useful tends to draw a crowd. Sure. One of the other, I just want to quickly point out, Mike, one of the other themes in the in the vendor hall was the 
the on-demand pay, you know, it's, it's another yeah. example of something that you hear about three years ago. You're like, oh, we can see how that might become bigger. And like, then you show up at HR tech and you see like seven or eight vendors, you know, doing that type of stuff. And, and it validates uh, kind of both the work that's gone into it and where that's heading, you know? So it's, it's an interesting market and it's very low cost of entry too. So if you talk to most of those vendors, um, I know I've worked with rain before, but it's really no cost to the employer. Mm-hmm. And I think the hardest thing is for people to just be open to that idea and offering it. Because, I mean, everybody has things that they have to do and there's a little bit of work in standing up, but those companies make their money off of quick withdrawal fees. Most of them do, mm-hmm. kind of like a Venmo. So I do think that market will take off uh, very quickly. And it's kind of a race to get into these companies. Once you're in, you're prob- it's probably going to be hard to displace them. Yeah, I think that um, it, it was interesting. That I've, in the past year, I've had a few clients that have said, once we implemented it with a well-integrated partnership, you know, between core HR and daily pay, they, it, they wouldn't ever go away from it. So right. I think it's going to become more and more of a thing where it's just going to be table stakes at some point. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll wrap here uh, in a little bit, but you mentioned Josh Burson. I know he did the keynote out there, right? He did one of them. Yeah, he did, he yeah. did one of them. Um, Very but content all... heavy. <laughs> really? It was the, a lot. The keynote was actually kind of cool. It was uh, Cynthia Marshall uh, did a keynote and she was talking about building inclusive. Like, so we didn't do a lot on the inclu- inclu- D- 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 but she was talking about inclusive organizations. And so she actually, and she's from, I believe the Dallas Mavericks. She, she like taught the audience how to do a dance and, <laughs> and had them like kind of collaborate on or like all be part of one thing and yep. learning this dance and i think like she called it the cupid shuffle so i, I heard you know that that was like a, a nice moment of the conference mm-hmm. yeah she was great she um has a rep she worked at at&t and then the dallas mavericks and has a reputation for turning over a culture like mm-hmm. no tolerance turning over a culture to be more inclusive um and she was her story was really incredible I don't know that she talked much at all about HR tech, but those are the kind of keynotes where people leave inspired and um, right. excited in general. So it was good. Were there any other sessions or breakouts that you attended that you're that's worth mentioning? I think it was fun to watch Stacey Harris on the big stage. She's uh, she's got a reputation in this industry um, as a researcher and just a leader about you know where the vendors are moving and who's doing well in the industry. And this was her first keynote and um, she did a great job. And we're always excited to see this year's report, right? So it was fun to see a sneak peek of where the vendors landed on mm-hmm. their um, insights report. So that was a good one. And then Leap Gen, Jason Averbook is always an interesting keynote because he, it's just a different, um, you know, their presentations are, all about employee journeys and creating all of the journeys and the plan and the strategy. And then HR tech is like 10%, right? He says that a lot. So it was just, it's fun to learn more about what that process looks like in advance right. of even engaging vendors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeremy, I, any sessions you would add to? Yeah, I, I saw one on um, on women in tech where there was like a panel of, of uh, leaders, uh, female leaders, I know 
Gretchen Alarcon from ServiceNow is one of them. And, and they were talking about just, you know, basically supporting women, supporting each other and, and also how, how men can, can contribute to that. I know there was one quote that she gave, which was figure out, figure out why you're in the room and make sure everyone knows that reason that, that kind of resonated and that, you know, mm -hmm. that can be applied across the board. And then um, there was another one, which was like a panel of CHROs and just hearing like the challenges that they're going through, like they, they lead huge organizations and some of the, some of the statistics they were giving about the turnover that they're dealing with, like one of them cited like 45% turnover mm -hmm. at like this enormous company. And, and so it just reminded me of, of some of the challenges that our clients are going through and how technology really needs to help them navigate these crazy times. Yeah. If an attendee is going, let's say somebody listens and says, I really want to go next year. Do you, how do you shape your agenda is, do you, you know, try to spend a day going through vendors, spend a day doing kind of the breakouts, like any insight on that stuff? Yeah. For me, I would say make a plan for sure. And, and put in your high priority things. So make sure you are aware of when the keynotes are, when the sessions are that you're interested in, when the events are like the, you know, they open the expo hall and there's kind of a um, happy hour going on and then making a plan with your vendor partners in advance too. So like Mike, you and I tried to connect while we were there and it, it gets chaotic, you know, yeah. and you lose track of being able to connect with people, but, you know, plan those things around those sessions that you're interested in where you're having lunch with the vendor, um, things like that, and then fill in the rest, you know, from there, in my opinion, um, mm -hmm. It, you got to make the biggest priorities a priority. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you kind of end up just flailing around a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's it's about defining what your objective is. What are you trying to get out of it? Like this yeah. year was a little different for me in that one of my primary objectives was reconnecting with colleagues. You know, so a lot of my prep work was reaching out to people and saying, "Hey, are you going to be there?" Making a concrete plan to meet them because mm -hmm. the only people I didn't see were the the people that I didn't come up with that type of plan because you know one of the downsides is there's not like one cannot miss event that's part of the overall event you know so it is possible to actually kind of circle around everyone and somehow miss them it's not super likely but it but it happens and then you know signing up for the happy hours in advance I became kind of the person who was forwarding those those to my my colleagues. Uh, and some of them just showed up and didn't have any invites. And, you know, you want to make use of the whole day, which includes the nighttime as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So uh, we'll wrap it here, but I want to understand anything that the conference in your mind can do better in the future. My only thing um, is that, you know, coming out of the conference, my team is trying to write articles. We're on this podcast. We're trying to kind of recap what happened. Mm -hmm. And I wish there was an information center. Maybe that's my lack of understanding, but um, just being able to access the information um, and be able to kind of download some of it and have mm -hmm. it so that you can go back to it. Like recordings of some of the sessions and whatnot. Recordings or slides, whatever that yeah. is. I saw a ton of people taking pictures of slides and I, I was like, why are you doing that? And now there's a few of them I wish I would have captured because um can't find them. No. Yeah. Anything uh, for me, Jeremy? Yeah, a couple for me. I, I just mentioned one, which is just having that one event that like everyone at the conference will be at. And that's same feedback I would give that for all the different uh, conferences that are out there. Some do it better than others. 
Uh, and then SHRM, SHRM's uh, annual conference had this format of the Expo Hall, which was basically grouping different functionalities. So you would, you know, if there were a bunch of benefit carriers at this conference, surprisingly, and, and you know, Ben Admin tools, like, I know that you don't want to always have, like, some people may not like that, but for the attendee, it's a lot more intuitive. Yeah. Where stuff is, as opposed to having it be scattered all throughout the Expo Hall. So, yeah, I love that idea. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously a vendor and most of us know all the people in our space anyways. Like it's a lot of us are friends. I don't think there's a problem with putting booths next to each other. And, yeah, um, but it, I, I agree, even walking around that conference, I thought the same thing where it's like, I just would love like uh, a line of, you know, this type of vendor, a line of this one. So I, people are interested in certain categories. Yep. Um, the only thing that maybe would be a downfall of that is people that go to look at a certain thing don't get exposed to other things that those vendors want them to. Yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> I guess uh, that's a that's a tough one. But, well, hey, I appreciate you both jumping on here. I do want to end with how everybody can get in contact with the both of you. Um, Shannon, if you want to kind of go first and then we'll wrap it up. Sure. So I'm on on LinkedIn as Shannon Click, and um, there's a couple Shannon Clicks. So I'm Shannon Click PMP, um, and happy to connect. I mean, definitely, I'm meeting with employers talking about their HR technology journey, and um, I love just having that conversation, even if it's one conversation, just to kind of point someone in the right direction. So yeah, and if and if somebody listening is a customer of Marsh. They should know because I I've been in that world before. Not all customers know of your services. Can you talk yes. just really quickly about, you know, it's an extension of Marsh, right? Absolutely. So um, it's a big organization. So we our job as tech consultants at Marsh is to really get to know our teams, so that when our sales and service people are talking to their clients, that they bring us up. So mm-hmm. that's a never-ending um, process for us, and we'll just keep at it. Um, but certainly I'm trying to be prevalent out there and get to know um, this market and be available to whoever wants to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. How about you, Jeremy? Yeah, best way is LinkedIn at this point. So Jeremy Ames, uh, you can look for me either at Accenture or uh, the company that I had for a long period of time is Hive Tech, H- Hive Tech HR. I have to say that slower. <laughs> um, I'm also on Twitter, uh, Jeremy Allen Ames, A-L-L-Y-N. Uh, so I do share some insights on Twitter. Those are the primary. It was all also final plug for the advisor collective. I'm the membership committee chair for that. Mm-hmm. So if you go to advisorcollective.com, uh, you'll be able to find out more about our collective and there's a join us link. If you think you're a good candidate for joining the collective. So Great. I'd love to have you. I will put that link in the show notes. So if you're listening and you're interested, it'll, you know, just click on the link, but thank you both for joining us. Yeah, thanks, it was, guys. Uh, it's yeah. a pleasure catching up and good to see you both again. Thank you. Right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of What the HR. If you want to hear more episodes like this, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever platform you're listening through now. If you enjoyed the podcast, do us a favor and share with your network, your boss, or your CEO. Help us get this podcast in front of anyone who wants to know what HR looks like when done well. Also, if you have any questions for show topics or people you'd like us to interview, please email Mike and I at podcast at tcsherm.org. 
That's podcast at tchrm.org. If you want to find out more about Twin City Sherm or our upcoming events, please visit our website at tcsherm.org. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And finally, if you're not already a member of Twin City Sherm, please use code WHATTHR at checkout to receive $20 off your membership. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.